one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. What's up, guys? Anthony DiClemente here. I wanted to reach out just before we dive into the episode because we are living in very exciting times. This was an interview that I was urged by many of you to do because Dr. Rashid Buttar has been a leading voice in many of the things that are taking place around COVID-19. And a lot of people were looking for clarity. We wanted to bring in someone that could help provide that. There is a tremendous amount of censorship and suppression of this information that is taking place. And my one ask for you guys is if you get any value from this episode, please share it. Share it with your friends, share it with your family members, ask them to give it 15, 20 minutes to kind of hear out Dr. Buttar and to get a better understanding of some of the things that have been taking place but may have not really made complete sense. I know that you guys are gonna get a lot of value from this episode, so please share it. And if you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review if you feel that this podcast is deserving of a five-star review. It really helps us to reach more people and help this information get out there so all of us are empowered to take control of our health and take our physical and mental performance to the next level. Let's dive in. Dr. Rashid Buttar graduated from Washington University with a double major in biology and theology and went on to attend medical school at the University of Osteopathic Medicine and Health Sciences, College of Medicine and Surgery. He trained in general surgery and emergency medicine and served as a brigade surgeon and director of emergency medicine while serving in the U.S. Army. Dr. Buttar is board certified in clinical metal toxicology, preventative medicine, and is board eligible in emergency medicine and has achieved fellowship status in three separate medical societies. He serves as the medical director for the Centers for Advanced Medicine with clinics in California and North Carolina with planned expansions into more states. Dr. Buttar, welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Thank you, Anthony. I thought we could start by sharing a little bit about your mission, how you got involved in uh, some of what's taking place today, what allowed you to develop some insights that some people don't have, and, and really what fuels you and, and your heart. Well, we have had a slogan in an organization that we started a number of years ago. It was basically for anybody who became a patient of the clinic had to be a part of this organization. And it was looking at constitutional law, essentially, but they basically joined a private association. And that private group, if you want to call it that, or club or whatever you want to call it, uh, it, it is an association. It's a private association. And it falls underneath the auspices of the First Amendment, the freedom of speech, which gives us the right to freedom to assemble and also an, uh, an implied right to freedom to associate. And so essentially it's under the pretense of public safety that these three-lettered agencies get their power. And so we- Three-lettered agencies like the CDC, WHO? Uh, FDA, uh, you know, and et cetera. And so there's a, there's a lot of three-lettered agencies. So under pretense of public safety, they say that uh, their mandates, all of their mandates is public safety. 
And we'll talk about that in a second, because I think all these agencies have violated their mandate with this current issue because they have put aside public safety um, and they've they've falsified that. But we'll talk about that separately. Yeah, because the mandate, mandate that we're hearing is that this is all about safety. And that's exactly. and, and, and if you if you don't do that, you're putting everyone at risk. And in fact, and at the same time, they're making you wear a face mask, which I believe is no different than assaulting. If I came and punched you in the face or I tell you to wear a face mask and you do it, the only difference is if I'm punching you in the face, I'm responsible. If I tell you to wear a face mask and you put it on and you get hurt, I'm forcing you to hurt yourself. And that is a huge issue. Okay, There's no difference to me between assault with a, a, a deadly weapon and assault with a face mask because it will cause and has already caused lots and lots of people to be hurt, to be damaged, uh, even to die. And this is directly, I mean, the, the, nobody's talking about the histotoxic hypoxic injury coming from the polypropylene mesh in these masks that they're wearing when it breaks down from the condensation from the humidity in the air as you're breathing in and out and it breaks this, these particles down and you're inhaling them and creating problems. And I mean, I cannot tell you, I'm not talking about hundreds, I'm talking about thousands of people that are, that are sending me messages saying, how the hell do I stop wearing this stuff? I can't breathe. I'm getting lightheaded. I'm getting headaches. You know, I'm, I'm having problems. I'm passing out. I'm, you know, confused. I, my, my vision's being affected. And we've, so- we've received a lot of those as well. And Dr. Buttar, if, if you may, um, one of my good friends, I, you're, you're a brilliant uh, medical professional, brilliant doctor. One of my best friends, uh, Russell Brunson, he once said to me, and he was like, Anthony, let me tell you your problem. Too much techno babble. Now, I'm not saying that to you, but he says, you need to communicate everything in a way that a fifth grader could understand. And it was like the hardest next couple months for me because my brain didn't work that way. I know there are a lot of people that really want to hear and understand everything that you're saying. And uh, if we can, whenever possible, use like kind of like bridges or, or, or analogies, I, I think we'll keep more people in the conversation. And um, I, I'm loving I'm loving where it's going. I just wanted to mention that because you, you mentioned histotoxic and hypoxic. What do those words mean and how does it relate to some of the people that may still be wearing masks? So histo is talking about cells. That's the histology. Histo means cells. Toxic is toxicity, you know, it's a poisoning and hypoxia is a lack of oxygen. So this particular component I'm talking about is a toxicity that's induced to the cells from the stuff that you're breathing in, i.e. the polypropylene components of these masks that we're breaking down as we're breathing through them. And then that causes the hypoxic injury or the lack of oxygen. So to really, really dumb it down, I tell people all the time that just like a fish, you take a fish out of water, you know, fish can ventilate water. Humans can't ventilate water. So when we smoke cigarettes, that's like us slamming our head down in water and trying to ventilate water. And God has never, I've never seen anybody, at least any human being with a chimney on their head designed to ventilate smoke. Well, similarly, we are essentially, uh, oxygen is essential to our lives, okay? It is essential for us. So it's not a luxury it's an uh, an essential component of life you can go without 20 percent of the air we breathe and we found even 20 21 percent and even tiny decreases in oxygen in the air let's say due to elevation or uh pollutants can cause a profound shift in our biology and how well our body is able to function and regenerate, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one reason we do the pulse oximeter and the emergency room people come in with a short of breath and 99% is normal. 100% is ideal, but 99% is normal. But sometimes people will be at 95%, 94%. And that's not a good thing 
we try to bring them back up, especially if they're having some kind of a problem, acute respiratory distress, you know, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is like the COPD, emphysema, uh, reactive airway, asthmatic attack, any of these types of things. Or if somebody has a pneumonia um, or, or bronchitis and then they're not able to take in deep breaths, that you may see the oxygenation drop a little bit. Uh, if they have heart disease, you'll see it even drop further. You know, it can drop into the low 90s, into the high 80s. That's a real problem. And that's, again, that's only a, you know, 8%, 9%, 10% decrease, and it has a substantial effect on an individual. And so now to say that wearing a mask is something that everybody has to do, um, if, if we needed a mask, then the creator would have provided a mask for us. We would have masks that were built in. We would have been born with it, okay? This is such an absurdity. And the, and the amazing thing is the people that are passing these orders that masks will be worn are politicians. They're not medical professionals. And even the medical professionals that are jumping on, they have a highly suspect agenda. When you start looking at the people like the World Health Organization and the, and the National Institute of Health and the Dr. Fauci's and all these different things, look at their agenda. Look at, the way, look at where the money is. They have a vested interest to make sure that they uh, promote this fear mongering so that people go running for the vaccines that they're making. I mean, this is... This is the most absurd. It's almost like a cartoon, okay? And the only reason that I'm not hysterically laughing at this is because it's not made up. It's real. It's real, and we're living in this world of, uh, you know, watching a Disney movie is more realistic in animation than, than what's going on right now. Do Dr. Buttar, can you talk more on Bill Gates? Is he involved in this? It sounds ridiculous. Uh, Fauci, and how... If, if they are both involved, well, obviously Fauci is, how they came to the forefront of COVID and what you believe, to the best of your knowledge, their backgrounds and motives are. Okay, well, that's a loaded question. So let's back up for a second. Let's break each one of those things down. First of all, I don't have tea or coffee with Fauci or Bill Gates, okay? I don't know them at all. I never have, and I hope to God and never do. Um, but I can tell you that the information that I have is publicly available information. Now, if anybody has two eyes and a brain that's functioning, they should be asking, why is this founder of a technology company, Microsoft, who, by the way, could not keep a damn virus out of their operating software, but now he's on every major news station and has been for you know, the last decade or two promoting under the guise of philanthropy vaccinations yet has lawsuits by certain countries because of his vaccination efforts causing severe detrimental responses in the individuals that took these vaccines including india and africa and then he's on major networks talking about the new vaccines and how the world can't go back to working till they have a vaccine they've been vaccinated so you tell me have you seen hulk hogan or Will Smith, or, you I know, was dressed up as Hulk Hogan a couple of years ago in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil for Carnival. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> I, I can see that. But I mean, or any, you know, like uh, uh, Michael Jordan. Do you see any of these people on national TV, international TV, talking about how we cannot go back to work until we are all vaccinated? Okay, have you seen that? Okay, so, so Bill Gates is out there, and it's curious that he's out there. Then you start seeing who is the largest funder of the World Health Organization, Bill Gates. US, USA is number two, right? Uh, USA is, yeah, I think well, it's now no, no more. But yeah, no, now it's not at all. But yeah, it yep. was number two. And I mean, there's some interesting graphics that that actually show this, but he is 
he's a chief medical advisor to governments worldwide. He is uh, in partnership with Gavi. Mm-hmm. He is. And Trump just announced a partnership with them publicly. With who? With Gavi in, in the Gavi. development of the vaccine. Right. So that's that's linked to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Exactly. He is an advisor to the CDC and a funder of the CDC, uh, University of Oxford Vaccine Research Development. He has given $243 million to, to the CDC, $155 million. Imperial College of London uh, created the computer models which were predicting the spread and impact of the death rate of this pandemic. He's given them $280 million. John Hopkins University, $870 million. To Gavi, $3 billion. To the World Health Organization, $3.4 billion. Uh, to the event 201, which was right before this pandemic started, which was taking, going, taking the world through this entire, uh, it was like a dry run for exactly what we're going through right now. We're not sure how much, but it was a bunch of, bunch of money. Um, they, in fact, the so Gates Foundation hosted event 201. Is, is, is he basically paying to play? Like these organizations are willing to give him well, the control for money. I mean, I, I feel like someone listening could uh, could challenge my position. I, I do believe that to be true, but I also know well, I mean, that a skeptic listening maybe. But see, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm not here making the conclusion. I'm just telling you the numbers, the facts. You yeah, decide yeah. whatever you want. You're going to have people that can put one plus one together and figure out that, hey, that's two. And then you're going to have morons that are going to say, you can put one plus one in front of them. They're not going to see two. They're not going to see 11. They're not going to see, they're going to say, no, no, it doesn't exist. There's no and, relationship. And you this is for the people. Yeah, yeah, this is for the people who, who just need to be pointed to the chalkboard and they know <laughs> one plus one equals two. They're just looking for a little clarity. Exactly. And, and I don't care which, what the outcome is to anybody. I don't care whether they believe me or not. I'm not here to have people believe me. I'm here just to state the facts and those that understand they, they will follow and those that don't, there's no explanation that's possible. So let me mm-hmm. continue. 18 million to the National Institute of Health, which is the director of the NA, uh, is chief medical advisor, happens to be Dr. Fauci. 40 million to Chris Witte, England's chief medical officer, and 53 million to the BBC Media Action. Um, and I mean, Where are you it goes looking on and on. Numbers, is this Wikipedia? No, 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 Wikipedia isn't gonna report truth. I mean. <laughs> right, where, um, where could people go to get the truth? I can, I can send this, uh, uh, it's actually on, on social media. I mean, this has been circulated and people are showing the actual numbers. We don't know how much he has vested in ID 2020, that, except that he's a founding member of the of that. And um, the, what the is ID 2020? I'm sorry, say that again. What what is ID 2020 for the listeners who aren't familiar? Well, it was announced a few years back, and it's essentially a plan to create a chip that will help supposedly track the medical records and the vaccination records of every individual on the planet. And of course, it's a digitized version of a medical record. And it's again being sold under the pretense of, uh, of uh, privacy and uh, accuracy and accessibility, but it's actually nothing more than a tracking software. And um, it's some people equate it to the mark of the beast. And some people you know, talk about that this is being chipped just like uh, you, you chip your, 
you know, you chip cattle. Okay. Now um, I chip my dogs, but I chip them so that I can protect them. And of course they're saying that, Oh yeah, we're doing the same thing. We're going to chip you because we're going to protect you. Well, here's the thing. The government has never, no government has ever protected their populace. They may appear to, or they may act like they do, but when those wars occur and, you know, battles are won or lost and soldiers die, it's never for the safety of the citizens. It's always for some freaking agenda that they think that they can use human lives as, you know, discardable pawns. So again, this is, if you buy the fact that, you know, the checks in the mail and the government's here to help you, and, and I'm not anti-government. I mean, I served with the U.S. military. I've, I just happen to have seen things that many people haven't. And pretty much anybody who's served in the military, they have seen things that are disturbing. You know, when they talk about post-traumatic stress disorder and people seeing their their uh, friends blown up or, or, or dying or getting maimed or whatever the case may be. Well, that's a pretty severe thing. But there are also other things that we see that some of us have seen that make us realize that it's not always, I mean, I serve for the same reason that almost every soldier serves for God and country, all right, to protect my family, to, to, defend, the, to defend freedom and to uphold the land of the free and the home of the brave. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, that's to defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Okay, that's that's the Constitution. But but yes, you're right. That's an oath that we take as as uh, as officers in the military as well. But that wasn't my that wasn't my motivation. My motivation was for God and country and for family. Right. And then when I became an officer, then I took that oath, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're then serving and you do certain things and you're asked to take off your dog tags and put them in a hat or you have to take off your name off your uniform and you know you do it because everybody's doing it it's you know rah rah why do you have to take off dog tags i mean dog tags are so that if you get you know wasted they can at least identify your remains well there's a reason why dog tags were asked to be taken off at certain points and and i'm not going to get into specifics but my point is why would you have to take off your name tag off your uniform or why would you have to take off your dog tags okay and this isn't typical, but in certain uh, types of situations, that's, that was a requirement. The only re- and the reason we were given was, of course, you know, if God forbid unforeseen circumstances were to occur, U.S. forces couldn't be acknowledged in those areas. But, you know, you're full of piss and vinegar at the time and you're gung-ho and boom, boom, boom. And, you know, you, you know, you're, you're wearing this, uh, you know, you're wearing a beret or you're, you're you know, you know, you're a badass because everybody around you is telling you you're a badass and they're all badasses. And then you, know, you got the title and you got the tabs on your shoulder and you're gung ho. You were, so you were a green later, beret? I was, I was with the, with, with the special, op- yeah, I was with the special forces. I was. Uh, all right. So you're, you're no joke. But listen, no, what I'm saying is though, <laughs> it's years later that you start thinking, wait a second, why did I take that stuff off? Why did I have to take it off? Right. And, and it's, one of those strange things is that why did I have to not acknowledge, or why did my friends and I have to take off our dog tags? Because if we're doing something right, the only reason that U.S. forces couldn't be acknowledged in those areas is if, if we're not supposed to be there. If we're not supposed to be there, then why, why are we there? If you have to do something hidden or in secret, right? Now, I understand that there's a mission that's supposed to be accomplished. And, and there are many missions that have to be accomplished. But, you know, the types of things when people come up and they say, oh, you know, you're for this politician or you're against this politician or you're a, uh, you know, you're a Republican or you're, you know, you're against Democrats or whatever they want to say. And, and that's it. I am not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. But what I am, you know, I like to say I'm not red and I'm not blue. I'm red, white and blue. And that's very that's as simple as I can do it. 
But I can tell you that my position is very simple, okay? In general surgery, when we were trained, we were very simple-minded people in general surgery, okay? When in doubt, cut it out. Heal with steel. Those were our models. So we are very simple-oriented. We're not, you know, we're not complicated people. Here's my motivation why I am against um, Hillary Clinton, as an example. She let soldiers die. In Benghazi, soldiers died. In Benghazi, Ambassador uh, Chris... Um, uh, Stevens, I think it was his last name, died. There were people that were left to die that didn't need to die. That It was completely preventable, but it was her call and she didn't make it. And yeah, there's many other atrocities that I'm sure that she's committed. But again, you know, we're, we're a product of our environment. I know what it feels like to be on that other side and you expect something to happen for yourselves, you know, because you're part and parcel of a big uh, group and you put your life on the line and then your nations, you put your life on the line, doesn't respond to you. Because yeah, you nightmare. consider it as discarded weight. I have a huge problem with that, right? As now, do I. Exactly. Now, now I am also, um, I'm a very good friend with Bobby Kennedy. And he's, you know, people have said, well, he, he supports Clinton. Well, you know, I don't care who he supports. I know him as a person. Now, if, he, if, if, he's, uh, if he's an atheist and doesn't believe in the creator, that's his issue. That doesn't mean that I'm going to say, well, wait a second, you know, I think you're a really nice guy. And I really agree with a lot of your points. But because you're an atheist, I'm sorry, I can't talk with you because I believe in God. I mean, everybody is allowed to believe in whatever they want. And if they believe in people, and I may think that Bobby's misguided with his support off or, or past support off, but that's his business. That's nothing to do with me. But that doesn't and, mean that I'm going to change my relationship with Bobby. And at any point in time, we have beliefs that we will, in the future, recognize we're not correct. I think if we look back, we Absolutely. can see that very clearly. Absolutely. And if we write people off because they have different beliefs than us, we're cutting a lot of people out of our lives because if we're going to be direct, we didn't practice compassionate communication and seeing it as an opportunity to explore someone else's viewpoint. Well, you know, what you just said is unfortunately an evolved thought process and not everybody is at that level of evolution that they can even register what you said. But what you said is a very true statement. Unfortunately, I believe that at the current time and place in history, it is that very sentiment that you expressed very eloquently of this opportunity to have a compassionate conversation to open up the dialogue, to explore differences, that those that are willing to do that, it will be the differentiating factor between those that evolve and continue and those that don't. It is going to be the issue that is the polarizing aspect. And when we talk about masks or COVID-19 or 5G or anything else like that, it is that sentiment. No, I am a belligerent person and I only believe what the media is telling me because if it was true, then they would be telling me or what Dr. Fauci or what you know, Bill Gates would say, they wouldn't lie to me. It's going to be that group versus the other one, that, the other group that says, uh, wait a second, I've got a brain. God gave me a brain for a reason. So let me start thinking and you know, let me apply this word called critical before that function of thinking, okay, critical thinking. Yeah, that's interesting. Let me like actually think through this and let me try to put some logic behind it. Let me think, okay, if it's one and two and three, no, I'm not going to be a sheeple and follow what everybody else is saying because I'm being told that that's the right thing. And that differentiating factor is going to be what is the new um, polarizer. That's mm -hmm. really what it's going to be. You're right. going to have those that know and those that don't know. And, you know, there's some pretty interesting prophecies and some interesting books. I don't know whether you've read the book called The Last President. And it was it was over. it was suggested by Jack Cruz. 
Okay. I think it's a, it may be a documentary too. It's a little, it's a short 10 minute video on YouTube I've seen, but the two different books that are written about it and it's, un, and these books were written over a hundred years ago. I mean, it's not, it doesn't even, it's just, it sounds too surreal, but it's, um, what what's what's the gist the uh the the, the cliffs notes if you will well one of them is i think called the uh baron trump's or baron's uh fantastic journey or something like that and then i think the other one's called the last president but uh there's some very uncanny components in there um even down to names of people you know this spot this kid named baron uh, the story is about a kid by the name of Baron, and his father is a president of the United States. His name is Don, and they discover time travel, and it's a portal in Russia. And it's just, you know, it's uh, they, they they live in a they live in a tower of I think it's a tower of silver. I don't think it's gold. I think it's a tower of silver, and uh, they're they're adorned with uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's just. Way out there, is it a, a lot of a lot of coincidences or synchronicities, however you want to look at it. I mean, even um, in the cabinet, there are people. You know, I think it's Secretary of State's last name is Pence, and you know, I mean, it's like. And this book was written a hundred years ago. <laughs> it's like, Doctor Buttar, I've I've been dying to ask uh, someone this. I'm on the fence, uh, and 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 I'm very interested in your perspective. We saw Donald Trump in The Simpsons long before he was elected president. Some would suggest predictive programming where they show us things in advance so that we're more accepting of it and more likely to help support it um, in, in, in occurring. Um, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, was business partners with George Soros, who is likely funding many of these riots, Black Lives Matter, etc., cetera, um, inciting the race war, trying to create chaos, if you will. Um, do you believe that Trump is a part of this, as in he's controlled opposition to give us the illusion of choice? And uh, or do you believe that he is truly in there fighting and trying to do good things? You know, I've been called controlled opposition. That's what's amazing to me. I've had some of the people that are running for po for politics, you know, for political position that have uh, attacked me as controlled opposition, which I find very amusing uh, that I'm actually a secret Hillary Clinton supporter. And I'm like, OK, you know, that, just go ahead and go with that line, because the one thing is that everybody that knows me, you know, will immediately know that you've already compromised your integrity, because that's the one thing that everybody I mean, I, I don't try to say that I hate anyone or that I like anyone. But I can tell you that if there is one person that I cannot stand, it is that that woman because of what happened with the military, with, with the soldiers that died. Um, it, it's I don't know why, you know, we're all a product of our environments. I'm sure she's committed, you know, a thousand more heinous crimes than that. People don't really of everything else. That's the thing that's going to bother you. Well, that's the thing that bothers me. That's the thing that makes me think about, you know, other aspects of of life and that make me question and, and just, you know, it invokes that that fingernails on the chalkboard type of response. It's, be it's betrayal. It's betrayal. It's betrayal to the to the to the people that were willing to sacrifice their lives. And it's pathognomonic of what's been going on in our nation for in all, probably in all nations, but especially in our nation. Does uh, pathognomonic patho mean like a proxy or like an indicator of something bigger that's happening? Uh, pathognomonic would mean basically that it is like the it is it is the modus operandi. It's it's the it's the actual energy behind everything that's going on. It's, it's the actual it, it is the, 
you know, single most important component that's driving that that issue. And if you look at it, I remember when uh, President Obama was running for office for the first time, there was a guy by the name of Sant- Santer- Santorini, Santer- something from Pennsylvania that was running for president. And, uh, you know, in typical fashion of most politicians and imbecile and saying, and I'm saying that as gently as I can, but he made a speech and he was talking about how people of foreign lands hated us, the Americans. And I'm watching the speech and he's somewhere, I think in New York or somewhere up in the East Coast. He was from Pennsylvania, Santorini, I think was his name. And he says, they One of my favorite us. places in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> he goes, you know, they hate us because we love freedom and they don't. And I'm like, what did he just say? I mean, does, do people really buy that BS that they hate us because we love freedom and they don't? No, the reason they hate us, and he's right about that, the reason they hate us is because they love freedom just as much as we do, but we're the only nation that has 736 bases all over the world, and we're taking a dump on other people's front yard. Now, if somebody came and took a dump on your front yard every day, would you not hate them? And to say that they that they that we are hated because we love freedom and they don't, I'm like, my God. You know, in one way, you could probably fix the entire world's problems by taking these politicians that have no scruples and no integrity, lining them up, and just you know, showcasing what's going to happen if you're, I mean, whatever the showcasing is, right? I mean, you can, you can publicly flog them or you can do something worse or, you know, somehow there's a consequence that they have to pay for their actions. If you're going to serve, then serve. Okay. But to that's, try to that's serve a big then, part of the problem is that there are no ramifications. There are no consequences for them damaging children from from w- with vaccines, with the potential damages that could place could take place because they're rushing this vaccine, um, and they're partnering with companies that have a track record of. Uh, putting out products that cause cancer, Johnson and Johnson being one of of um, multiple. One of cases. all of them, which is like every company probably out there has been doing that type of crap. And you're absolutely right. But mm-hmm. you know, the, the the politicians, the politician component of it, they're being bought, and they're they're there's no integrity in that arena anymore. And you start seeing people that. Even people that you think are integrous, that you meet that they're integrous, and they they come across so genuine, and then you see them voting in the exact opposite thing that they talk to you about in their office in front of other people, mm-hmm. and so it's happening all the time. And um, the lack of responsibility, or or the you know they, they'll pass a law, and then they'll say, "Well, it's not our fault; it's a the law." They, they protect themselves under this facade of these laws. It absolves the, them of all responsibility. Exactly, and that's no, where the there's no recourse. There's no recourse, there's no ramifications, there's no consequence, there's no penalty. And so that's one of the biggest problems. And um, I think that the reason that President Trump has resonated so much with the public is because he said that he's going to drain the swamp and he's done pretty much everything he said. You know, people can say they don't like him. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of people I don't like. I, I agree with them, but I don't necessarily like them. But when you start to see how from the day he took office, how they've come after him over Mm -hmm. and over and over again, I don't care what, if you are any type of a reasonable individual, a reasonably fair person and a reasonably intelligent person, the conclusion 
is inevitable. You have to come to the same conclusion. You know, they came after him for the Russia collusion, which was then finally shown that there was nothing there, then Ukraine, then impeachment, then, um, you know, this uh, COVID, uh, then the race riots, and now COVID again. I mean, it's like they're trying to, you know, create every obstacle that's possible. And people are going to label me and say, oh, well, you're just a Republican. I'm not a Republican, okay? I mean, I'm I'm not either. I voted once in my life. It was for Obama the first time around. And that is the only time I've ever voted. And I'm a 38 year old man turning 39 this year. And I I'm very interested in your gut instinct on Trump, because if he is fighting alongside us for this, I will be going to Florida to vote and uh, making the flight to make it happen. Well, let me I'll just tell you this. I obviously don't have a uh crystal ball but i can tell you and i'll just share my my history with you i voted for george w bush the first time all right i was actually on his appointed heavy metal task force that there were 12 doctors that were appointed i met with bush for his second term i did not vote for him i voted for obama the first time my family thought I'd finally, you know, found my senses and, you know, they welcomed me into the Democratic side. And I'm like, I'm not a Democrat. I just think he's the best option. I did not vote for him a second time. OK, I think it was probably one of the worst presidents ever that's lived. Um, when it came down to this past election with uh, President Trump. And I'm, this is not an exaggeration. You can check this. I left the country. I moved to New Zealand. I became a resident of New Zealand. I'm a permanent resident of New Zealand because I thought Hillary was going to win. All right. I voted for Rand Paul in the primaries. And when Rand Paul didn't get it and Donald Trump got it, I knew that it was all over and I was leaving the country. Now, I'm, it's, not exa- it's a matter of record. I mean, I left. You know, I started the process in 2014, just in case. I, I saw I you mention that in the yeah. uh, in the London TV interview, you were interview number one and you mentioned that you had left the country and then came back. Exactly. And so I did not vote for Trump. I didn't vote for anybody for president. I just voted in the primaries. I will be voting for Trump this time. As will I, as will I. I'll be on a plane to get to Florida where I still have my permanent residence set up because my vote matters there and it does not matter in Illinois. Right. Uh, so Here's thank you for, for sharing your perspective. Absolutely. Here's the interesting thing. I know hundreds of people that were diehard Democrats. I'll give you a perfect example. I was in LA for the pandemic movie filming and the producer of that, of that movie is a diehard Democrat. And all the people in his crew, there must have been like, I don't know, eight, nine people, all of them diehard Democrats. Do you know what they all told me? They're all voting for Trump. Mm -hmm. And I have heard this over and over and over again. I've had people on social media say, you know, God forgive me and may my father and my mother not roll over in the graves. But I am, you know, I've always been a Democrat. I'm 68 years old and I'm now going to vote Republican. And God forbid, forbid me or, you know, I hope does it does it make it does it make me a Republican if I'm going to vote for Trump? I mean, you know, and it's it's like this. I haven't we heard we need to do. A, we need to do away with this dual party system, this identification with a party rather than looking at and thinking critically to evaluate the individual. 
No, that's exactly right. And you've got trolls that are being paid to come out and say things that are just unbelievable. I mean, social media, that's, that's one thing that they should I, not I, be. I block 30 of them a day. Right, right. Well, that's exactly right. Social media, well, I don't, I don't really block too many. I block a couple. I let, the, I let them showcase their idiocy. You know, I, wanna, I want to let the world. No, no, not, not real people. I'm talking about the uh, accounts that are clearly, it's, there's, they've only got like profile pictures posted. Right. And it's part of the agenda, not agenda. real people. I let people have discourse if it's, if it's compassionate and uh, done in a, in a healthy manner. Well, uh, these are, these are obviously people like I, I give you an example, one that I, one that I left on there and then I finally blo- blocked him. Well, I don't even think I blocked this one. This guy made a comment. Somebody said something about Dr. Pichara and they asked a question. And then this guy says his, his screen name on Instagram is monkey three, eight, six, seven, something like that. He has four posts. He has, I think he had like four followers and he's following like 700 people. Right. And his response is, well, doctors have always worn N95 masks. In fact, I always wear an N95 mask when I see a patient with influenza or tuberculosis or TB. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, so I'm like, okay, first of all, you are a lying sack of crap because you're not a real doctor. Because if you were, you wouldn't be hiding behind monkey three, five, eight, seven. First of all, secondly, <laughs> no <point>. doctor, <laughs> no doctor on the planet has ever worn an N95 mask walking in to see an influenza patient, period. End of story. Hogwash. It just doesn't happen. OK, I show, show me one doctor that is a real doctor, somebody you can verify is a real doctor, not these trolls that are walking around saying this kind of crap that walks into an office into an exam room wearing an N95 mask because a patient has influenza. Because if that was true, then the, then the, then the you know, whatever millions of people that die every year of influenza, you'd see doctors walk around with influ- N95 masks. How many times have you seen a doctor wearing an N95 mask? Tell me. Right. Okay. Never, this, never. This lies. This lies upon lies upon lies. And, and they promote themselves as doctors because they're losing so so incredibly fast. So I know that, you know, I, I've got doctors that are following me and, and I'm following doctors. And so one of the things is there's a, like, they don't even know it, that the, the network of doctors is, first of all, I don't know any doctor that hides behind an alias. Okay. Because mm-hmm. if it's social media, then you want them, you want be, if, you, if you're on social media, then there's a reason for it. Okay. It's either you're trying to help educate people or you're doing it for the business or you're doing it for awareness or doing it for something. So if you have credentials, why wouldn't you use them? Right. Mm-hmm. That's like being that's like being a superstar model. But, you know, you're going to wear burlap sacks around yourself to keep your bikini figure hidden or, or you're a you're a star athlete. But you don't want anybody to know that this is your social media. Platform. It's just ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense. So the people that are trying to pose as health professionals are they're If they're hiding behind an alias, then you got to ask yourself why. Again, this really can come down to one thing, Anthony. It's critical thinking. People need to start asking the question, why? Why is it that I have to wear face masks to protect myself and other people supposedly from this virus, yet on a plane, I can then lift it up and then drink and eat, or I'm wearing it like this underneath with my nose uncovered, or I'm wearing a shield like the virus is, you know, so, so evolved and so sophisticated, knows not to stop at the shield and not go around it. You know, please maintain social distancing when you're boarding the plane, six feet apart, and then when you get in the plane, you're sitting six inches from somebody you don't know. It's just stupidity on top of stupidity.
This episode is also brought to you by Buy Optimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production, the second is low enzyme production, and the third is gut distension dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash B I O H A C K S to check out the exclusive biohacking secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. Dr. Buttar, let's dive into this a little bit because some of the feedback that I'm getting is people, you had used an analogy on your LondonReal.tv interview number one, where you had said, it's kind of like putting up a chain link fence to keep the mosquitoes out of your backyard. And someone came through and they said, no, that's a bad example. It's kind of like if someone's throwing chunks of wet mud and you're trying to keep that out of your yard, the chain link fence will block some of it, but not all of it, right? Referring to the N95 masks, the size of the microns. Um, my understanding, please jump in or correct me if I'm speaking uh, out of out of turn or I'm misinformed. But my understanding is the N95 masks are called that because they block 90% of particulate at 0.3 microns in size. And uh, that is let me, only... Let me, let me stop yeah. it. Are you trying to wear the mask or are people trying to wear the mask because they're trying to keep particulate matter out? Or are they wearing it because of the COVID-19? What are they, what are they wearing it for? COVID-19, okay, which so is, then, I believe, 0.6 or 0.06 to 0.13 microns in size, just for the listeners to compare, if that matters. Well, it, it does matter, but that was the point that I was going to say. It is talking about the mud that's being thrown. The virus is not mud that's being thrown. They're trying to make a person wear a mask that the mask itself, the Look at the print. It says, will not prevent COVID-19 or any other virus. All right. So first of all, it's like saying trying to keep mud from being slung. Nobody's slinging mud. It's, it's a virus that you're afraid of. That's the first of all. Assuming that the virus is going to do anything in the first place. But OK, that's what you're afraid of, the virus. The point that I'm making is that you're afraid of a potential of a virus that we've all been exposed to on this planet by now, by the way. But you're afraid of this virus, which again, you know, right now we're trying to apply logic to something that has no, it's, it's, it's you're trying to. It's irrational build, and illogical. It's yeah. There's, there's actually no defense for this because it's just idiocy, but the people that are promoting it are doing it exactly for this to create fear. So remember fear is not rational. Fear is an illusion that's created in the mind based upon a potential of something happening in the future. All right. There's a difference between danger and fear. So they make this illusion that COVID is dangerous and then they make people fearful of it. Whereas in fact, that, that the real thing to be, to be afraid of, to be, that the, the real danger is them coming in and making you do something that is going to hurt you. The vaccine? Physically hurt you. 
Well, I'm just the talking about the mask right now. We're talking about the mask. Okay. The mask. Okay. Yeah, it's decreasing oxygen. Just put your hand over your mouth and your nose and walk around like that for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it doesn't feel comfortable because we, we, we're designed to ventilate oxygen. I have you gotten so many messages from people who have talked about health issues that have came up because of the masks. I was wearing one at Home Depot loading bags of soil. Sorry, we got to I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying our conversation outside and there's periodically a <laughs> motor vehicle that passes. I was loading up bags of soil and noticing myself feeling not good, not healthy at all. Sorry about that. Um, so with the masks, does it decrease the probability of someone getting COVID-19 or them spreading it at all? It increases it. It increases it because it's making a person's immune system susceptible to a situation that is perfect for any type of opportunistic infection like a bacteria or a virus or a spirochete or mycoplasma to set up house because it's making your body stressed it's ruining your immune system. It's increasing cortisol, decreasing the B lymphocytes, the natural killer cells. It's causing your body to be in a flight fight response, the, the sympathetic mimetic overdrive. It's restricting oxygen. It's making you retain in carbon uh, dioxide because the mask, again, you know, every time you breathe in and out, you're, you've got 21% oxygen you're breathing in. But when you breathe out, there's some oxygen there, but you're breathing out more carbon dioxide. Now there's a mass that's restricting that airspace and there's more and more stuff going there. But forget about now, that. That's all. Doc, Dr. Buttar, just I want you to continue there just to play devil's advocate for some of the people listening. Some of our listeners are familiar with the Bohr effect and the fact that increasing acute increases in CO2 can increase oxygen's dissociation from hemoglobin, basically meaning it can release more oxygen for your cells to be used. And may make an argument that acute hypoxia is beneficial. What what is 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 this a differentiation between acute hypoxia and wearing these masks all the time, which is what some people are being forced to do at work, etc.? Okay, you're talking about a conditioned athlete that is go- putting themselves into a pseudo hypoxic state in order to drive uh, red blood cell content up. It's a it stimulates erythrocyte production, et cetera. That's not what we're talking about. These are not conditioned athletes. First of all, we're talking about, we're talking about the average person. Secondly, they're walking around in duress because they're scared. There is fear mongering going on. There's a whole bunch of aspects. When, when, a, when an athlete is conditioning themselves, their goal is to improve their conditioning. Here we, people are being emotionally traumatized. They're being financially traumatized. They're being ostracized from their social circles. They can't go out and communicate and and be with friends and family like they used to because humans are herd animals. So you're creating a fear component. And so this this justification is, again, this is what you call a little bit of information being too dangerous that somebody would take that and then say, well, a little bit of, you know, pseudo hypoxia can be, can induce the the disassociation of oxygen and, and make a person better. Yeah, maybe if you do it for 30 minutes, on, on a bike and you're restricting your oxygen, but not on a daily basis and, and based upon the fear of catching something that, that already the world's been exposed off, uh, exposed to. But here's the thing. I don't need, but I feel like right now this discussion, I know you're doing it for a certain purpose, but if people are asking these questions, they've already missed the point because they're talking about science, the, the, the justification of science. You want to see the science, go to askdrbutar.com forward slash face mask. You will see a video where I explain this in detail. Then you will see studies, references, published data, study after study after study about what hypoxia is and how the face mask can do it. Then you go into an article that I wrote. Uh, it's actually a, 
it's actually a, a letter that I wrote for one of my patients. And now that's for people to go and they can use this information, take it to the doctors and the doctors can create a letter for them. Then we go into an article that was written by Dr. Russell Blaylock, who's a neurosurgeon and all the references that he's got. And then another one written by Ty Bollinger, who's a friend of mine uh, from Truth About Cancer and all the references he's got about wearing masks, what the science says, okay, the science. I'm not talking about what some idiot that says he's posing as a doctor is trying to tell me, okay? Forget about the fact that there are numerous people, including doctors that have taken a pulse ox, put it on their fingers, shown the baseline, put a mask on and seen the oxygen drop. Now, any idiot that tries to tell me that that's good for you, I say, wear the face mask. I'll buy the face mask for you. Wear it, wear it, wear it, along with the guy that's pulling the wheelie going 175 miles down the interstate and eliminate yourself from the genetic pool so that then (laughs) we'll give them the Darwin Award. I mean, I have no problem with some people. You want to wear a mask? Be my guest. But now you try to impose that face mask on me? No. I I fought for my country to ensure my freedom that I don't have to partake in your idiocy. Your idiocy is not an obligation for me to partake in it. I agree. I agree. You said that's askdrbutar.com, A-S-K-D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com slash masks, M-A-S-K-S. Okay, beautiful. So Face mask. Oh, face mask? Yeah. Face mask. Um, Fantastic. Last thing on this, because this was also brought up as an objection multiple times. Um, There was an article that came out recently in USA Today, and they were talking about something called Brownian motion, essentially saying particles smaller than 0.3 microns move in an erratic zigzag kind of motion. This motion greatly increases the chance that they will be snatched or snared by mask fibers. This was one of two assertions made in the article. I would like your uh, response. What my, here's my response. What the hell does the price of tea in China have to do with my car not starting right now? Completely unrelated. Exactly. Nothing. What does that have to do with the erratic movement of particles and my oxygen being restricted that my body needs? What does that have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. And, and what would you say, I've, I have one more part to that article, but just to ask this one, what would you say about, there's a lot of people commenting, I'm a medical professional, I, I work for certain uh, health governing organizations, and I wear masks a lot, and I've never had any issues. If, the, if these were as dangerous as uh, I have said in some of my social media and things like that, uh, I've been attacked for saying if they, were, if they were as dangerous as I say, that they would have had issues. Uh, what, what would you say to that? Well, that's just an absurd argument. That's just saying I jumped off of a, out of a plane without a parachute and I survived the fall. So what, everybody should be doing that. Right. I mean, okay. there are many people that are, there are people that are, first of all, there are a lot of people that are lying. Okay. There's all these governors. Why are these governors signing all these bills? Well, we need to go and explore that. You know, the, the governor in California signed that bill to mandate the face masks throughout California. And then I heard that the day before he just signed a contract with China for all these face masks he's buying. Right. How many, who, who's gone back into their, into their, personal finances and seeing who's paying them, who's bribing them. Look at President Trump. Has he worn a face mask at all? And they, they're accosting him. They're trying to derail him and attack him with that. And have you seen the footage uh, during a media when the press conference is like hitting him hard? And, you know, why are you setting this wrong example? Why aren't you wearing a face mask? And then the press conference is over. They think all the cameras are off and all the media take off their face masks and they're talking about it. But there's a camera rolling. Have you seen really? that footage? Oh, no. yeah. Is, is that still on? Is, I would guess it's on Brighteon or BitChute, some of these. I'm not sure where exactly that is, but I'll see if I, a lot of our videos that we showed, like it's all the hospitals that were, that were, you know, supposedly inundated with patients. There's no patients there. Brazil just had their, the government 
the, the president that. of Brazil, you know, they said that they were going to go into these uh, hospitals that have 5,000 COVID patients. And, and this was the um, governmental officials. I think they were, I think it was military or police that busted into the hospital. They were trying to keep the hospitals closed. And this particular hospital that was supposedly had 5,000 COVID patients, guess how many COVID patients they found? How many? Zero. Guess how many patients, period, they found? Zero. The, the inside was being re-decorated uh, re, uh, or re, whatever, you know, refurbished. There was not a single person, and yet they were promoting that 5,000 patients of COVID. And this is going on over and over again. Patients that have been, I know personally, a friend of mine from Palestine who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, his neighbor's son killed himself, 17-year-old kid. You know what his cause of death was on his death certificate? COVID-19. Is there some place that someone could, hearing that that's shocked right now could look it up? Because I know that there's a go to my Instagram of- page and you will okay. see tons and tons of people that have sent me messages on their own family, even doctors. Yesterday was a doctor. Here, I'll just read it to you. I posted this yesterday along with one of the other things. Beautiful. And guys, if, if you're watching this and you resonate with some of the things that we're discussing, download this video, share it. If you're a person of influence and you have an email newsletter uh, subscriber list, take this. We'll provide copy and paste uh, email templates that you can share with them. We all need to be in this together to spread the truth. And uh, yeah, please continue, Dr. Buttar. <laughs> all right. So this was a post that I made yesterday and then I put this, this component with it. Here's the thing, everyone has been exposed to COVID-19. With more testing, the numbers will climb. But death rate has quickly plummeted, Mm -hmm. which by the way, only decreases the mortality rate even lower. Okay, the mortality rate from flu is supposed to be 0.5%. So far from COVID, it's been like 0.27, right? right? So it's half. And that's with the overinflated numbers, by the way. Mm -hmm. All right, that's that's not with the real numbers. The real numbers is even lower. All right, so even if face masks did work, which they don't, what the hell are we wearing face masks for if the death rate is already plummeted down to zero, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the rest we, had, the- we had the lowest day ever on Sunday. I think it was June, I don't know, whatever Sunday was, uh, the 20-something, 20, 28th, and uh, the lowest death rate yet, and we didn't hear anything about it. Right, and now you've got people that are going, the, the politicians, I heard four different governors talking about the number of people that died in their state, I think it was yesterday before yesterday. Do you know what's really curious? That all four governors in four different states, they were using the same numbers. Como from New York, uh, I think uh, California, and there was, um, I can't remember the four states, I think Pennsylvania and Michigan. I'm not 100% sure if those are the four states. But Como said uh, 20, 22 people died. It was 22 and 33 is a number, a difference of 11. Same numbers are being used in other states for their own states. Is that possible? Is that even, I mean, how could you even think that that's possible? So even, even the lies that they're telling, they're so blatant. It's like, come on guys, at least if you're going to make a lie, come up with compare notes. Here's a, here's a message that I got from a physician, um, Dr. Jeff Stone. And he put out, I'm a Texas physician. We're seeing patients for routine care that just happen to be COVID positive. They come to the ER for kidney stones, appendicitis, sore throats, et cetera, and get diagnosed with COVID on admission. This makes the COVID situation look way worse than it really is. And this is a common thing. I mean, doctors have been notified by the medical board saying that if you suspect that somebody's COVID and they pass, just put COVID down. You don't have to test them. There are people that have been reported as dying from COVID and the test results haven't even come back yet. So this is- financial incentives for them to do that? Absolutely. Respirator, you get $39,000 more and regular diagnosis COVID-19 to get $17,000 more. 
And we know the respirators have 80% of people who get put on a respirator end up dying. Now, why would they be getting incentivized to implement an ineffective uh, tool? All right. If you have a compound fracture in your femur, okay, compound fracture means a bone sticking out and you're bleeding to death and I put a face mask on you, will that help you, Anthony? No. There you go. That makes sense. I mean, it, it's the reason is because it's completely inappropriate treatment for what they're doing. Do you Does think it's there's yeah, there's there's some people that may be listening to this have having a hard time swallowing the fact that there are individuals or organizations that may want people to die. Do you believe that that's the case? It's they need to wake up then because it's been happening throughout history over and over and over again. This is not the first or tenth of time. I mean. What, what do you what do you think that the what do you think that the Jews said um, when Nazi Germany was saying that you know get into this uh, train and we're going to take you to a new community? They had a hard time believing that the government or the people would really want to kill people. Or in Rwanda when they were talking about the cleansing, the, the racial cleansing, or any of these places where where there's been mass levels of death. Of course, it's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. We're trained mm-hmm. over and over to believe in authoritarian figures. Our mm-hmm. churches and our synagogues and our mosques, if you're you know, from the religious side, our parents, our, our leaders. But at what point are we supposed to give up our own brains, our own ability to critically think? Dr. So, Guitar, I, yeah. There are people that are dying, but they're not dying of COVID-19. There's a difference between dying from COVID-19 and dying with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's two different things, and to be attributed to that, it's just ludicrous. And and you start looking at the pattern of how this has been happening. Because if this thing was really going to be as dangerous as they said, then why is it that they say, okay, churches you can't go to, but liquor stores you can. That's deemed essential. Right? McDonald's. McDonald's. Okay, right. They say, okay, like in North Carolina, one of the things that interestingly happened, they had restrictions and they said, okay, we're going to make the restrictions less. This was May 22nd that did this because we had our, we had the only conference in the entire country and it was a medical conference on May, um, in April and May of 2020, we were the only conference that actually took place throughout the entire United States. We were about to release footage off that. I mean, people know that we had the conference and then people saying, you know, we had 256 people from 15 different countries. And that was all sorts of ridiculousness that you people are don't, you know, you're so irresponsible and people are going to die. I mean, Dr. Judy Mikowitz was there. Dr. Sherry Tempany was there. Doc, um, Dr. Bruce Lipton was there. I mean, you had people from all over the world. Okay. Of the 256 people that attended that conference in person, where even the governor's office, office tried to contact the hotel and try to shut it down. Um, I mean, it was a political thing. They even said it was a political thing. We waited 14 days. Then I said, you know what? Let's wait 21 days. It's now been over a month. Do you know how many people from the 256 got sick with COVID? How many? None. And we were, none of us were wearing face masks. There was no social distancing. There were two people that got sick. One that got sinusitis and then one that got a gastroenteritis, like food poisoning, viral gastroenteritis. Those are the only two people. Both of them, two, three days, they were fine. Now, my point is this. To shut down the economy of the world and cause millions of deaths from hunger, 
from suicide, from depression that people are taking their own lives or taking other people's lives, from um, the amount of domestic violence, the number of people that died at home because they were afraid to go to the hospital and, or because they may get COVID, or they were afraid to go to a hospital and tax an already overtaxed medical system. What about those number of deaths? In Spain alone, yesterday, I was talking to a doctor in Spain. In Spain alone, 19 million people were sent home or prevented from coming to the hospital because of this COVID-19 issue, 19 million. How many of those, and these were people that were sick, that needed hospitalization, that needed medical care. How many of those people do you think died at home, right? Nobody's talking about those deaths. I'm, I'm very concerned. There's a lot of people that are dying either alone or in their homes. I, I've, I've heard multiple stories. Everywhere. And it's we just don't everywhere. see it because of the lockdown and because people have become afraid of one another. We got to come back to the love. Media will not cover it and social media is censoring it. So I've seen posts in Nicaragua, in Honduras. Um, I've seen posts in India, people that have sent me messages and they're like signs in, in Hindi or in Spanish saying, they, we don't care about COVID. We don't care about COVID. It's hunger that's killing us. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. who brought to my attention the statistic that for every 1% increase in unemployment, it equates to about 37,000 deaths. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember that statistic, but that's just scary. I mean, just think Dr. about that. Nobody's talking about this stuff. Dr. Buttar, I want to come to the, the testing. I want to come to Koch's postulates and, you know, what's what what has been satisfied around the COVID-19. And uh, if, yeah. if I can, if I can just because us talking about Koch's postulates or us talking about face masks, to me, it's like by even talking about it, because I've talked about it ad nauseum, there is so much information out there. By just talking about it again, it's, it's like insanity. It, what's sure. the point of talking about it? Because it's already been said a million times more it could be said, and it's not going to be any more effective. What we I should gotcha. be talking about, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I hope you understand. Not at all. For I'm, me, it's kind of like, you know, put a gun to my head and shoot me in the head because I can't talk about this idiocy anymore. It's the right. same stuff. You know, I've said it so I mean, I'm interviewing two to three times a day. I had to put a stop to it and said no more than three interviews in a day because I, I just can't. I mean, it's just, it's just too much of saying the same thing, you know, and I'm a positive type person. And some of the best interviews that I've had have been where people have actually brought up other things that actually talk about, you know, solutions and empowerment. I just got off the phone right before we got on. I was just talking with um, Jamie Ike, uh, David Ike's son. Oh, and nice. um, so, yeah, I mean, and and David, a, David Ike, for those of you guys listening, he has now four interviews on LondonReal.tv and uh, where he, he goes into a lot of what's taking place. Please continue, Dr. Buttar. So we, we haven't decided on this, but I think that's going to be David and I are going to get on a I, I've followed David's work for over 20 years and uh, but I've never talked with him. And uh, I think we're going to be having a little fireside chat. And I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty cool call because um I'm looking forward to it, but you know, I'm, I'm more interested in Anthony. And I think that for your listeners too, if, if they're relying, if this is the first time that they're hearing what we're talking about, uh, they should have thrown their TV out of their windows a lot sooner. Um, stopped, stopped watching the news and deactivated social media a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I think social media is fine as long as you don't, as long as you, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting screenshots from people that are following me saying that every time I try to post or respond to you, um, you know, it's, it's blocking saying that your action has been blocked. 
you know, we're getting massively, and I mean massively, shadow banned. We, we have as well. We've, I posted a, a post from a few years ago where we got 36,000 likes on a video I did to one recently where I had less than 10. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting 20 to 20. I was getting 18 to 20,000 people on a live stream as soon as I turn it on. Now I'm getting 5,000, 4,000. So it's, it's massive. And, and I'm getting emails, messages sending to us, you know, please don't unsubscribe me. I'm like, we're not unsubscribing anybody, but they, people are saying that they're getting unsubscribed, that they don't get alerted when, when, uh, when I'm going live. And so this stuff, we're working on getting around those channels so nobody can deal with that, that type of crap. Or nobody Beautiful. has to deal with that type of crap. Thank you. I, I, okay, so let's take it this direction. How do you object, address objections or objectors to your opinion? Is it what you mentioned earlier where you just kind of don't buy into it, you're out of the convincing game? I, I've never tried to convince anybody. I mean, my, my job is not to convince you. My job, here, okay, you're sitting in front of me. I'm going to have a conversation with you. If you ask me a question, I will give you an answer. Mm-hmm. All the videos that became viral and that hit a million views in a day or two days, and then YouTube took them down, Facebook took them down. I mean, we had even some of the interviews I had, it was like uh, Next News Network, I think it was 9.1 million views in six days. And they, they censored out certain keywords and they still took it down. So my job has never been to convince anybody. I don't care whether they believe me or not. I am just stating the truth for those that are already out there going, this doesn't make any sense. Just like I, and I, you know, I kept my mouth shut because I'm like, I, I need this, like I need a hole in my head, okay? I'm, I've got other things that I gotta do. I've got patients to take care of. I've got, I'm in, you know, in the middle of, you know, some, some personal things. And my goal was, yeah, I'm just thinking, okay, somebody's gonna come out. Some doctor's gonna say something, you know, that viruses don't leap like this. And, you know, you don't have to worry about me. If you're, if you're worried about something that's gonna leap six feet, why aren't you worried about leaping 12 feet? Because, you know, the way viral particles move them, they, work, they, they can surround the planet in like just a period of a few days, maybe weeks, and, and it's there everywhere. You know, why is it this thing that they're so, everybody's so scared about? You know, it, it, it was released in Wuhan, and then it jumped over Shanghai and jumped over uh, Beijing and then came to New York, you know, and it's made a couple of intermittent stops in, in uh, Tehran, Iran and in uh, Italy, but then, and then jump from New York to California, but like everything else in between, you know, Texas and St. Louis and all these places, you know, didn't have that many deaths. And so how, how is this thing so selective? Well, somebody's going to point out the ludicrousness, the absurdity of somebody's going to talk about it. Nobody did. And so when I did that first interview when they asked me, I mean, I, I was probably most pissed off at the medical community and at the scientific community for keeping their damn mouths shut. And that's really, you know, I mean, we've got over 7,800, um, actually, I think we just crossed 8,000 as of yesterday, uh, 8,000 doctors, you know, then these are, when I said doctors, I mean, they're, they have doctorate degrees from- This is you know, in, your, in your network of doctors? You know, people that have, yeah, people that have just responded to us and that, that are in our network. Um, in fact, we just did a, I think you may have seen the London Reel when we did with about 200 doctors. It was actually 160 doctors. And so you can see that there's a lot of people. Uh, we, we actually decided to just, uh, Brian would ask me a question, I would answer it, and then we would take a vote and see how many hands were raised up. And, you know, it was probably the third or fourth question where we realized that some of the hands that we were counting as down, they weren't down. They were, instead of raising the hand like this, they were raising the hand like this, so you couldn't see it mm-hmm. in the screen, right? And then we're like, oh, no, no, his hand's up here. But <laughs> I think the least amount of, of agreement that we had, uh, pretty much everything was 95% or higher, um, I think there were a couple, like Brian would say, oh, I think we got, uh, you know, 80%. And I'm like, Brian, you know, <laughs> I'm doing the math right now. It's more like 94%, you know, but 
he was trying to think be as as fair as he could. But I think that the least amount of consensus we had was around 82, 83, 84%. And that was when we talked about the 5G. And then at the uh, as, as we were talking, people started holding up pieces of paper. The doctors started holding up pieces of paper saying, I don't know enough about it. And that was what the issues, you know, that, that was the most. One, one of the things that I found interesting, I saw a private interview with uh, Judith, Judith Mary Baker, and she wrote a book, Me and Lee, How I Came to Know, uh, know Love and Lose, Lee Harvey Oswald. She was a, a cancer researcher, and she became involved in the development of a, of a biological weapon that Oswald was supposed to smuggle into Cuba to eliminate Fidel Castro. And one of the things that she said that I found interesting was that um, she was asked how you get zoonotic viruses to make the jump from animals to humans, and her response was, all you need is radiation. Radiation is all you need in order to activate that. And along with a potential technocracy where we could be governed by cameras and, and um, giving up our freedoms, if, if we continue to subscribe and acquiesce to this narrative, um, people coming into our homes and pulling us out because they have contact tracing on your phone now. And they said you came in contact with someone who tested positive for COVID, which many people will. And now they're pulling you out of your home. And I mentioned this to a friend of mine and he said, wow, they're already doing that in China. So I think there's a lot of implications here on the technocracy, the health side, where what it, what what 5G and electromagnetic frequencies do to our mitochondria, how they damage the lipid bilayer, prevent us from eliminating toxins like mercury, which cause a, let's call it an antenna effect in the body, where like the heavy metals combined with electromagnetic radiation cause even more damage. And I'm hoping, I think, especially with Dr. Joseph Mercola's book, EMF, that more people are starting to wake up to this, but it is critical that we know the relationship of all of these things and how it could impact our health and, 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 you know, our children's and grandchildren's future. I agree. 100%. Um, if, if the audience were, and I want to be respectful of your time, I, I could, I could keep going and I have a lot, but I want to be respectful. So please feel free if, if you need to go just interject and we'll, um, and we'll wrap and potentially do a part two at some point. But if, if the audience were to take away just one thing from our discussion, what would it be? And like, well, you know, while you kind of think of what that thing would be, some of the things that I've been writing down, switch from a smartphone to a dumb phone so that they can't track you. Get a gun. As Dave Chappelle says, the First Amendment is first for a reason. The Second Amendment, a Second Amendment, the right to bear arms is there just in case the first one doesn't work out. Plant a garden and ensure your own food supply in case there are future food shortages that take place in order to incite more fear um, into I've got shield your bedroom is potentially potentially even sleep in a mu metal uh, sleeping bag, but shield your bedroom from 5G and radiation, particularly if you're an individual that lives in a downtown uh, metropolis where exposure will be more and, and even more specifically in a high rise. The thermometers that they are using to measure people before they go into businesses are by a brand named Yoko. If you want to avoid potentially walking into a business that takes your thermometer, sees that your temperature is high, and then you are now flagged, buy a Yoko thermometer and test yourself before you go out or at least keep it in your car before you go into any businesses to avoid that. Move closer to nature. Do not ever allow churches to close again. Obviously, don't get the vaccine. And as, as uh, Dr. Judy Minkovitz suggested, in, implement a five-year moratorium on all vaccines. Stop wearing masks, which we have discussed. Stop acqu acquiescing to um, the lockdown. 
do not, yeah, don't give in to avoid the flu shot. Buy and use a pulse oximeter to do some of the tests around your, your blood oxygen saturation, as you mentioned, so that you could see the effect of these masks on you. Um, another physician mentor of mine mentioned that 5G also can cause hypoxia. And a pulse oximeter is a way to measure that if you may be exposed to 5G and attributing the symptoms that you are experiencing to COVID-19 when it's actually electromagnetic radiation. So a pulse oximeter can be bought on Amazon or just about anywhere online. Um, plug into your local community. Get Bring back neighborhood watch, neighborhood meetings. If you need to do it at first in cars because of social distancing and you're concerned about it being broken up, find an empty parking lot, do the meeting in your cars, tr communicate on Zoom or a platform. Zoom can take up to 3,000 people so we could have these local meetings where people get together and discuss and strategize and people are not isolated and scared in their homes. We're banding together and if you do communicate, communicate on secure platforms like Signal and possibly Telegram. Last couple coming up. Uh, switch to an email like ProtonMail that cannot be measured at least as easily and stop using compromised platforms like Google, Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, and Gmail. And then if you're listening to this and you resonate with videos like this, like this conversation with Dr. Buttar, share this. Send it via email. If you're a person of influence and you have an email newsletter list, we need people stepping up and, and operating from a place of truth in order to spread that and, and in order to help people who have the opportunity to wake up. Thank you for entertaining my mouth rant. Now I would, be, I would love to hear what you believe is uh, the, the, the one takeaway from our discussion or one action item that you would really like the listeners to, uh, to execute on. Well, the first one is ask why, why is this stuff being censored? Why am I not able to uh, have my child in the house? And this thing is so virulent uh, they got to come into my house and remove my child or remove me. Well, what, for what? To quarantine me? But I'm in my house already quarantined. And if it's so virulent, then I've, or my whole family's got it. So what are, you, what are you separating me from? I'm already quarantined the house. Ask the question, why? Why is this stuff happening? Why am I being prevented from uh, being able to breathe when, uh, when it doesn't make any sense that it's selective based upon the building that I'm in? That I, if I'm in a business setting, I can't be in a room, no matter how big the room is with more than 10 people, but I can be in... Walmart with uh, 300 people, and that's okay. Why is it that I have to social distance when I'm coming down the ramp to the plane, but then I'm sitting right next to somebody? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why is it that they're saying things like, oh, if you're uh, wearing a mask, you know, it's mandatory, unless you have a medical condition, or if you're a person of color? I mean, that's literally what they've said, if you're a person of color. I mean, this ridiculous thing to ask the question. The, my first thing is ask why, okay? Use your brain, critically think. You know, all the things you said were important, but critically start thinking, people, for God's sake, start thinking. There's a reason that the creator gave us a brain. Start using it. Okay, it wasn't a train. I'm not, it's like, to me, it's like most people say, train, what do I need to train for? I don't need to train. I'm, I'm not going to use it. You know, and it's that they forgot what the brain was for, to actually think, and to rationalize, rationalize thought process, to follow a logical sequential thought pattern and to follow it to his conclusion. I mean, it's just, just start thinking. And then the, the last thing is that um, I talked about this at the end of my book, but I wrote that 10 years ago at uh, the nine steps to keep the doctor away. People have to remember that all root causes for all decisions are, are come down to two things. They can be distilled down to two things. See the love, see based on love or it's based on fear. And by definition, anything that you do based upon fear will be wrong. Any decision you make based upon fear will always, always, always be wrong. The opposite of love is 
I'm sorry, the opposite of fear is love. Now, some people say, no, the opposite of fear is courage. No, opposite of cowardness is courage. Opposite of fear is love. And so if you allow love to motivate your decisions, then by definition, you'll always be right. It's going to be the harder thing to do always. Because when you base your decisions based on love, it's always going to be more difficult. It's going to be the road less traveled, but it'll always be the right answer. And people think of love as this emotion, but I want people to rethink that for a moment. Yes, love is an emotion that we understand as emotion, but love is actually the source of all creation. And if we start to realize that love is a source of all creation and we use love to motivate our decisions, then by definition, the decisions that we're making are based upon creation. And just remember, if you're not part of the solution, by definition, you're part of the problem. If you're not going up, you're going down. You know, there's none of this plateau. So if you say, okay, well, I'm just going to wear the face mask for this. You know, compliance with stupidity is consent to tyranny. And uh, too many people have died throughout history for freedom, not just in our country, but in many countries. And if you're sitting there thinking that, oh, because of the COVID-19, I'm not going to go to vote because I'm afraid of getting it, guys, they're 99% certainty of death on Normandy and D-Day and people still went forward and did what they needed to do. And now you got a 99.7% survival rate if you get infected and you're going to be scared of that. And you're going to say, no, that you're going to allow that to be the reason that you're not going to go to vote because that asks the question, why is it not interesting that black lives matter happened in 2016 from four years, nothing. And now boom, in 2020 election year starts again. Dr. Bittar, I, I would not be surprised if we saw something happen to Joe Biden around his health or even death to set up Michelle Obama to step in for the Democratic Party and try to rally some of this BLM movement in order to take it at the last minute. And I'm mentioning it here to, for people to prepare themselves, because when a friend mentioned that to me, it resonated as potential truth. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of this at this point, nothing would surprise me. I mean, if Mickey Mouse, you know, descended from the heavens and said he was a messiah, I wouldn't be surprised right now because, you know, it's just uh, we're living in a very strange time. Um, I've seen the solar flares and we're, today's July 1st, right? So the solar flares, this is the month of the solar flare issue. And I'm not sure when the alien invasion is supposed to happen, but that's supposed to be another event that, you know, uh, is going to be. Uh, I mean, I've heard all these interesting things. The second wave of COVID is supposed right. to be coming in a couple of months. But it, the, part, or the, the issue is, Anthony, this. If I'm going to be 100% honest, 99% of my body resonates that this is an incredibly beautiful time to be alive because we have the opportunity to make the world what we want the world to be and what it's meant to be, fair, equitable, and opportunities for everybody to be able to play on the same even playing field. If I was allowed to play on the same even playing field since I became a doctor, which has it's been, I mean, I've been a doctor 29 years. If I was allowed the same rights and privileges as any other doctor, my model of medicine would be controlling the vast majority of the healthcare system in the United States right now. Why? Because it's more effective, it's cheaper, and there's better customer satisfaction but I've never been allowed to compete. I've been fighting with the medical board since 1999, practically every year for some issue. For some issue, I had the largest privately owned integrated medical center in North America when I was 37 years old. But I, I lost it in a battle with the medical board, okay? For what? 
because I was accused of doing treatments that weren't effective, taking advantage of terminally ill cancer patients. That's what they, because people ask me about this all the time. Dr. Trump, what about this lawsuit? What? I didn't have a lawsuit. That was, that was a medical board coming after me. And so we fought the medical board and it lasted five and a half years, five and a half years. I have an unrestricted license to practice. I had 43 stage four cancer patients ready to testify. Not four, not three, 43 stage four cancer patients that I had treated that were ready to testify. Medical board said, no, we're not going to let you testify. They're not going to let any of them testify. We had to go to Superior Court, out of sight of Kangaroo Court, to get the injunction. And right before the judge was about to hear the case, the night before, the medical board says, fine, we'll give you five. Five people you can get. That's it. The person who charged me with the, with the accusation was the president of the medical board. The, she, the president of the medical board ended up being the judge in my decision. And then the judge the, was also going to be the executioner. The judge, jury, and executioner, same person. Now, here's what's interesting. When, they, when those five people testified... All five were stage four. One was a doctor. We picked a doctor that had cancer that I treated. One was an oncological nurse, a cancer nurse for 43 years, and three other lay people. All five had been referred to hospice. All five had failed. Well, four out of five had failed chemo and radiation. One refused to take it. All five had been given less than six months to live. The prognosis was less than six months. All five were told to go home, get their affairs in order. Nothing was left for them. They had Everything was done. They were told that they were going to die. And at the time of testimony... Three of them were three and a half years out from our treatment. One was five years out from our treatment and one was eight and a half years out from our treatment. These are people that have a clean, healthy life, PET scans, everything negative. They're normal, productive members of society telling things like, well, you know, now I'm renewing my passport. I'm renovating my house. I didn't think I was gonna be alive this long. This is fantastic, blah, blah, blah. This is what they testified, 14 hours. Do you know what the medical board's response was to that? Remember, I was brought up on ethical breach of conduct, taking advantage of terminally ill patients doing things that were not proven and not effective. That was what they charged me with. Now they I sound got effective. Sorry? They sound effective. Well, you know what the word was? What the, what the one word response to those 14 hours of testimony from those five patients was? One word answer. Mm. Irrelevant. So they bring me up on these charges, but then after we prove that our treatment's not only effective, these people are thriving. I've got patients from 93 countries. They try to make it about a financial thing. Well, we, we showed we were between one ninth to one eleventh the cost, meaning nine to 11 percent of the cost of traditional care is what it costs for us to, to keep these people. And ours work. Our treatment actually work. So this is if, what I'm seeing happening in the world is that we're going to come to a fair and equitable place so that if I can come to market with a product that's superior with less negative effects, I will be allowed to succeed. Whereas in the world we live in right now, no, anything that's more productive, boom, it's going to be suppressed. Okay. There are cars that are being able to drive that, that can be powered by solar or water, but you know, we're controlled by the petrodollar. So I see the world, all this minutiae that's happening right now, I see it all dissipating and, and all the crap disappearing so that we can truly evolve as a human species. And we can actually make the planet better and become more symbiotic with the other inhabitants of this planet. If I'm wrong and that doesn't happen, there's about a 1% chance that I feel that it could go the other way. And if that happens in one generation, we will be sterilized. In the second generation, our DNA won't even be like our DNA because of the forced vaccinations. I won't be around. You, you'll, you'll read about me and, you know, people, your kids will read about me as as the resistance or whatever you call it, because I'll be dead somewhere because I'm not going to ever get a vaccine. And I'm not going to get a, get a chip. And 
I think that by the third generation, mankind will be extinct. It'll be the end of the human species. If if Biden or, you know, Michelle Obama or someone representing the Democratic Party, not because you're a Democrat, but if one of them were to win, are you going back to New Zealand? Well, I I am actually here because both both my sons were here. And so I came back in February because I saw this getting ready to happen. And I came back for some other issues. Uh, there's a divorce that's in the picture from three years ago, four years ago, that's still kind of lingering. And uh, I wasn't going to sit there while my sons were here. Um, right now, I just had a patient that went back to New Zealand. They are not, they're only allowing residents and citizens to enter the country, which of course I could because I'm, I'm a resident, but um, they are forcing a two week vaccination. Uh, I'm sorry, two week uh, quarantine. And uh, in Auckland, apparently, according to my patient that just went back, he said that they're so inundated, they don't even have space left in Auckland. So they're shipping people to Rotorua. So when you get off the plane, they put you in a bus they first decide if you're symptomatic or not. And then they send you to Rotorua. They didn't even know where they were going. That's about two hours south of Auckland. And then they were greeted by military there. And they're put in these hotels, but they have these pens that like runs. They're like 10 feet wide and so long. And you get to go out and exercise, walk every other day. And he being a patient had to, had to you know, get medical exemptions and had you know records and all this stuff and had family members that were complaining. And then he was given organic food and all this other stuff. But everybody else... For 14 days, they're going to keep you cattled up. I mean, like, like a dog pen, you're being run in, you know, every other day you can come out. The rest of the time you have to be kept in your, in, in the quarantine facility before they release you back out to the community. And this is what I recently heard that Larry Page from Google and Bill Gates from Microsoft are now in New Zealand as of last week, mm. which I don't know what they're doing there, but you know, there's, there's some interesting agendas going, going on. Um, for oh, me, I'm, oh, sorry, please continue. I was just say for me, you know, I'm wherever I'm at, I know that there's a reason that the creator is putting me there. And I know that I'm also supposed to be here for my kids. And so that's my greatest motivation. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrated, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic, and then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is 
an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. And a lot of your motivation to, to come forward and share this information with people who are ready for it. Um, if it just in, in whatever way you're comfortable, maybe you could share with the listener what happened to one of your sons, just so they understand that level of commitment. Well, um, I mean, if anybody's really interested in knowing they can Google the obby story or go to duck, duck, go or whatever the obby story, a B I E story. But, um, you know, it's a, uh, my son was vaccine injured and the long and the short of it is without getting into all the details. Um, I made a pact with the creator and I, uh, you know, I, I did some things that I probably shouldn't have like threatened God and, and uh, curse at the creator and, and did, did a lot of crazy things. And I also, um, begged the creator and, you know, pleaded. And so, you know, this is a, it's a normal, I think when, when a person's desperate, you know, you go through those whole, all those emotions and, um, long and the short is that, uh, I made a pact and, uh, he or she, whatever the creator is, a he or she came through on their end. And, uh, I'm just keeping my end of the bargain. My, my deal was give me back my son and I'll never stop doing your work. And I just see this as doing that work. Thank, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I had a similar experience. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease in 2011 and uh, my health was in pretty good shape. And then in March, I got hit very, very bad. They had put up some tech outside of where I was living in Delray Beach, along with some high voltage power lines without permission. And both my, my roommate and I at the time were completely sidelined. Meanwhile, my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2015. And my brother, after experiencing a rapid decline in health, late last year uh, was also diagnosed with Lyme disease. And when I was um, in bed, barely able to get out, I uh, begged the, 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 the creator to help get me out of this situation to get my brain back because I needed it. And if he also were to help my father and my brother, that I would do anything that he asked of me and I would allow his or her work to come through me. And my dad has been doing transcranial magnetic stimulation for his Parkinson's. My, they're both in, in better shape than they have been in years. My dad, at least since his diagnosis, and my mom keeps begging me to stop um, with these things only because she doesn't want anything to happen to me. And I told her, mom, I have an agreement that was made and the creator has kept up his or her end of the bargain. And therefore I need to keep up mine. Um, so thank you very much for sharing that. And I resonate a lot with it. Um, last, last couple of things, house cleaning. Is it true that there have been 32 coronaviruses in the past 60 years and we are yet to develop, to successfully develop a single vaccine for any one of the coronaviruses. And please correct me if I'm speaking, if I'm misspeaking here. I don't know the number of strains, but in our 
COVID-19 conspiracy question mark videos, which by the way, I, I think that your listeners would value being able to see this. That's what started this whole thing. And uh, I'll tell you how to, people can go and get that. Those are the videos. So I think part one and part two, YouTube's left up there, but part three, four, part three, four, and the abbreviated five that we put up, they took down. And six, which is all about, is part six is Dr. Judy Mikowitz, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and myself talking about the actual science. And it's, it's you know, it's such an empowering video. And they censored that, the YouTube censored that, and Facebook did too. But uh, I will, will tell you how to get that. I think it's in part five. So part one is facts versus fiction. Part two is... Uh, Corrupted Science, part three is, I'm sorry, part two is toxicology, you know, part three is corrupted science, part four is 5G and immunity, part five is deceptive agenda, and part six is uh, self-empowerment or, or, or solutions or something like that. And uh, so all your listeners can go to a site, advancedmedicine.com, and they'll get, they can, they'll need an invitation code to get there. But they can create their free dashboard. They'll have access to the Advanced Health Evaluation and Assessment for Detoxification Medical Assessment Program, which is a health assessment tool called the Ahead Map. Uh, it's been assessed at a $300 value every time you take it. It's completely free to you guys or anybody, and uh, it's you know it's it's free for for however long. I'm, I mean, at least for the next year, two years. Um, it's an easy way for you to measure effectiveness of any kind of treatment and also measure whether you're getting better or worse. But when you get to the free dashboard, there's a lot of other resources, webinars, et cetera. And you'll also be able to see right on the dashboard, the COVID-19 conspiracy videos. You can not only just watch them there, you can actually download them and do whatever you want with them. So I encourage everybody to do that. But in part five, to answer your question, in part five, I believe it was part five, I'm almost sure it was, uh, I show the research that's been done on the coronavirus and it starts like in the 1960s and I scrolled and I'm like scrolling for, I think a solid minute and I'm scrolling, 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 scrolling. It's something like 13,000 studies, maybe, maybe 14,000 studies on coronavirus. So when you said 60 some, you said I'm sorry, 32 different strains in the last 60 years, I have no idea if it's 32 strains or 60 strains or 200 strains. I don't know. I just know that there's a lot of them and the research that's been done on the coronavirus has been that's like ridiculous. And when, since you bring that up, the Centers for Disease Control's own data, their own website says that if you've had a cold in the past, it's possible that you'll test positive for COVID-19. The studies have already shown it and now they're saying it openly. So I don't know what else to say. And, and, and there, there never has been a successful vaccine for, for any coronavirus, correct? I don't know if any successful vaccine against any pathogen. And then we'd already kind of covered how we're only hearing about the number of new cases, which is essentially something that can happen if you control the, the supply of tests. You just start testing more people, you're going to have more new cases. And you already mentioned if you've had the flu, you could test positive. I've heard other medical professionals say if you've been exposed to any uh, coronavirus, you could test positive. Um, but what we really care about is the, the death rate, the number of deaths uh, divided uh, by the the total number of exposures, correct? Yeah, um, the total number, the total, yeah, you want to look at the, 
it's a it's a death rate versus the incidence, and that's what you really want to be looking at. Beautiful, and, and I yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say that that's the more people that are being diagnosed with it, and the less people that are dying is just showing how benign this really is compared to so many of the other things that people don't seem to be worried about and they have a higher death rate. Yeah. Point point two six percent death rate. These numbers have been confirmed by Stanford University. You could you could go by by using DuckDuckGo or potentially even Brave. Last question coming up, Dr. Buttar, and I really really do appreciate you being so generous with your time, guys. If you have gotten any value from Dr. Buttar, please go to askdrbuttar.com forward slash join. That's a s k d r b u t t a r dot com slash join j o i n and enter the invitation code one two two seven eight seven. That's one two two seven eight seven to access his um, his health platform and to assess and track your progress, Doctor Buttar. Last By last the way, question. All, oh. all free. It doesn't cost anybody anything. So. Yeah, thank thank you for doing that as well. Um, and, and in addition to your 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 courage and coming making decisions from a place of love around everything that's happening. The last question that I have for you to kind of wrap this up: uh, What do you believe is the great awakening? In your words. I think it's happening right now. I think we're living it. I think this is the great awakening. I think this is where people are are opening their eyes and starting to see. And they're those that are understanding and those that are looking for information and learning and evolving. And then there are those that are going to keep their eyes closed. And, I, you know, I, we talked about this depolarization from a spiritual level. I've heard this before, way before COVID happened, but there's going to be a period where we can ascend to the next level of humanity and not everybody is going to get there. Uh, it, it's, that may be a scary thought, but it's like with anything else, right? Not everybody can live on the beach. Not everybody can drive a Mercedes. And not everybody is, you know, whatever the case. You know, I'm just saying it's, it's part and parcel. Not everybody uh, is going to be able to... Uh, I don't want to sound like uh, ascension, like, you know... A religious thing or like heaven or something that's not what I'm talking to, about. to contribute in the building of a new earth as Eckhart Tolle yeah. would say yeah yeah exactly it, it's a it's an evolutionary shift that's taking place and I think that those people that are going to go running for the vaccine when it comes out and there's going to be a lot of people that can be maimed if the people don't become proactive with like what you're talking about with with uh, standing up for their rights and and making sure that they have food supplies and making sure that um that they are not going to become victimized by the rollout of this new technology, which clearly decreases immune system. And when people say, oh, this technology is going to, you know, is related to COVID. No, it's not related to COVID, but it does decrease your immune system. It's been shown in over 2000 studies how this new technology decreases the immune system by disrupting the voltage-gated calcium channels that allow for the efflux of calcium into the cells and increase the level of calcium and cause suppression of apoptosis. And it makes the cell membrane more permeable to envelop viruses, which COVID-19 is an enveloped virus. So all these different things. So it's not directly related, but yes, it's going to have a tremendous impact. Uh, so people that aren't being proactive about that aspect, and again, some people say that no matter how proactive you are, you know, that's going to annihilate the world. And, and I hope to God that's not true. But there's a lot of components here that if people understand where it's coming you know that that ascension that evolution um those that are still here that refuse to become a victim that refuse to be uh, a sheeple and do what they need to do they will be here to help build that next generation of our 
incredible planet the way it was supposed to be, the way it's been designed to be, the way that the creator, I believe, designed it to be. And um, don't be in fear of what's going on. You know, it's an opportunity for us to grow and, and uh, we need to embrace this. It's, a, it's an abscess that's being drained right now. And uh, as you know, it's painful. An abscess can cause sepsis and death. But if you can lance it, irrigate it, clean it out, drain all the pus out, fever goes down, swelling goes down, pain goes away, and you heal. And that's what I think we're in the process of doing. Well, thank you so much for doing that. And guys, if you haven't yet, please click the share button on this video and also make sure to grab the link for BitChute, which is not censored, and also share it to other censorship-free platforms. Uh, as, as one of my mentors says, we, we are now past the era of survival of the fittest, and we are entering the era of survival of the wisest. And Dr. Buttar, I very much appreciate your time and your wisdom and everything that you are doing. It was an honor to have this conversation with you, perhaps at some point in the future, if our schedules align, we can do a part two if people seem to want that. I just wanted to let you know how much from, from my heart uh, I, I have gratitude for everything that you are doing. You're a soldier, you're a patriot, and thank you. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate you saying that. What's up, guys? Anthony here, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted, an all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one -on -one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, Candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one -on -one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. 
Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 